My name is Paulina, I study graphic design at Royal Academy of Art in The Hague and you are listening to a series of podcasts with currently enrolled students which aim to bring insights into the programs of different departments at our academy. Happy to have you with us and uh, yeah, let's go. All right, uh, so hello everyone. In today's episode of In Conversation, I'm happy to welcome Talita a second-year master's student in non-linear narrative department at the Royal Academy of Art. So, hello, Talita, and it's nice to have you with me. Oh, thank you, Paulina. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's nice <great>. to be here. <laughs> I think that it's always good to uh, start from the introduction of my speakers to the people who are listening to us. So, as I mentioned, it would be good if you could introduce yourself, tell me a little bit um, about yourself, where do you come from? You can also mention how old are you, what did you study before, what's your previous study uh, background as you are following a master course right now at the KBK, and uh, maybe also why did you decide to come to study here? Okay, um, so I am Talita, I am from Brazil, Sao Paulo specifically. Uh, my bachelor was in photography and I have worked with image making for my whole life not only as a photographer, but also other things related to photography, for example, um, programming cultural activities in a museum, curating exhibitions and producing festivals as well. Because as you may know, it's always a bit difficult to start as an artist. So you always have to do something on the side, but I was lucky that I could do things always related to my field. I am 35 years old, a bit old maybe for a master, but uh, and I am the oldest of my class, so don't <laughs> worry. There are also um, young people on the master. <laughs> um, and I, I have always worked with storytelling. I use mm -hmm. storytelling to make sense of this, this world. So when I saw the nonlinear narrative program, I... I have to confess that I didn't understand in the beginning, and this mm -hmm. is the question that we we hear the most, like, what is, what is your program about? But I think it's everything related to storytelling, to, to telling things to the world, putting, putting mm -hmm. information out in the world. And this is what we have been doing for this one year and a half, more or less, a bit more, because we are almost graduating. And... Um, yeah, my interest on studying here, of course, the Netherlands has this uh, mm -hmm. famous design field that I was interested in, and I, I wanted to brought my toolbox kit mm -hmm. with other things rather than photography, and I thought design would be something that would mm -hmm. feed me a lot in terms of storytelling skills, so I chose here. Also because the city has a beach and I like the <laughs> sea, <laughs> so it's nice to study okay. in The Hague. Uh, you already mentioned it a bit, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you again about this. So on the KBK's website, I can read that nonlinear narrative is a two-year master program, uh, which you already mentioned, which is like focus on the storytelling. But they uh, they also say on the website that it approaches design through the perspective of journalism and it's trying to merge journalism with visual arts um, so if you could maybe elaborate on that a bit this journalistic aspect of the, the program 
Well, in this past one year and a half, uh, the projects that we were doing during the master were basically how to visualize complex information and put this information available mm -hmm. for all kinds of people, not only people in your own field. And this, this is what I feel that I have learned in this, in this period here how to uh, research about information, reliable information, and how to apply an ethic in this mm -hmm. management of information, and how to make it visible for others that didn't do your research. So I think this would be the mm -hmm. summary of what we yeah. have been doing in the projects in our, in yeah. our program. That's why they, mm -hmm. they focus on this journalism part, because it's we are always dealing with information mm -hmm. and how to make it this complex, sometimes complex inf information visible to all kinds of audience, yeah. uh, either visually, either via sound, podcasts or posters mm -hmm. or, or, or performance or theater. How can we give our mess our complex message to the world mm -hmm. in a way that people will not uh, go away because they don't understand yeah. nothing i'm pretty sure that most of the students in master do enormous amount of research yes we uh, do a lot yeah very very often probably on a complex topics so i think it's also probably about uh, translating this research into a message uh, yes so audience can can grasp uh, what you're working with I was also thinking uh, maybe it's good to exactly arrive to this question about the structure um, of your of your program and maybe if you could I know it's, we know that it's two year uh, master program so maybe year by year what is the structure what kind of classes you have or assignments mm -hmm. in the first year I would I would call the first year like input year so mm -hmm. we had a lot of uh, classes in which we will receive some assignments based on topics that the program is probably collaborating with other institutions. So, for example, in the first semester, we mm -hmm. did a project um, together with Free Present Limited from Amsterdam, and they are a jur journalism agency that monitors the state of um, freedom of speech mm -hmm. in a lot of countries so we could choose a country of our preference mm -hmm. from the list that they had and they supported us in the research to talk about freedom in the journalism field so it was very interesting because we could count on our teachers to understand how to convey a message about a country that mm -hmm. we may not have been before or a topic that we had no idea about. So for me, it was really important to do, s to, to do these projects together with these institutions. In the, sec in the second semester, we collaborated with Plastic Soup Foundation mm -hmm. about microplastics. We did a project mm -hmm. and, a, and an exhibition in the end. So for me, it was very important to do this with people re with real institutions yeah, working yeah. in the field with real assignments because we could exhibit these yeah. projects later so these inputs were very important for me to understand with my background in photography what could i do with other um, tools and languages with sound with performance mm -hmm. with material research for example so this i really like this structure to 
get the, the ready assignments on the first year because you are always a bit lost when you start something, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we are learning always. And in the second year, it's more like output. You have, of course, to write your thesis and then the projects you propose yourself. Mm -hmm. So you don't receive ready assignments, yeah, yeah. but you are already prepared for research, how to do it, who to talk and how to organize your research. So for me, it was really important, this structure. Mm -hmm. First, I learned um, new methods of doing this mm -hmm. researching and then I can I can conduct a research by myself with the topic that I, yeah. I am interested on. And in the first year, accept this collaboration with uh, institution, uh, like this collaboration outside of academy, let's say. Um, did you have any specific classes? Yes, we had, actually we had seminars with experts on the plastic project, for mm -hmm. example, because we are not scientists. Yeah. It, it was the first time that I collaborated with a scientist. Mm -hmm. It was super useful to understand that I can have other roles, not only in the cultural field. I can collaborate with a scientist. This is awesome. And we had these seminars with experts to give us information and some paths mm -hmm. to follow in our research. So this was very important. Okay. And in the second year, uh, what is the guidance? Like, what is the relation between the student and tutors? Uh, I also know that you were away uh, for a while because you were shooting your uh, graduation project in Brazil. So if you could also a little bit talk about the structure in the second year, it's probably more free, I would say. Yes, it's a bit more free, but of course we have certain deadlines. The first part of the second year is more focused on the thesis because we have to hand in the thesis before the graduation project, mm -hmm. which I think it's smart because if you are basing your graduation project on your thesis, you will have a lot of information and knowledge about yeah. what you are researching and then you will feel ready to start like hands-on on your pro yeah, yeah. on your grad project so i think this structure is smart then of course while you are writing your mm -hmm. your thesis you also have to hand in other small projects just to not uh, make you write the whole day yeah. the whole first <laughs> semester so we we also make some projects in the first part of the second year and then the second part we are basically working on our graduation project and also receiving other inputs on professional skills mm -hmm. how to apply for funding or how to position yourself in the field how to open your studio or mm -hmm. these practicalities that we also need to know we also have in the second part of the second uh, year Okay, and you also have probably a, a graduation project tutors, right? Yes, with. yes, we have. We can, of course, talk to all our our teachers. We, mm -hmm. we have a core group of teachers. We can talk with all of them, but we we are assigned to two tutor main tutors mm -hmm. to guide us in the graduation project, and then we have weekly meetings with them about mm -hmm. our progress, our research, etc. Okay, I can see that. And uh, how about your class, your year? How many people are studying with you? I think now we are 13 because there mm -hmm. are two girls that uh, started before, but I think because of COVID they are graduating mm -hmm. now. So we are 13 now. 
and I, I think it's a nice number of students because it's not too much or too too small group mm -hmm. and it's nice because we have people from a lot of different countries mm -hmm. I think this is very important to have like different backgrounds because we can learn much more from each other when we have different yeah. backgrounds and yeah that's it okay sounds very intimate uh, like a you know intimate atmosphere yes it's not like a bachelor that you yeah. have a, a huge uh, yeah. group and I think for this research moment of your studies is important to have a small group because then you can you don't get confused by so many uh, yeah. feedback different feedback I think yeah 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 for sure that's for sure I am also um, interested in, in you as a as an artist um, as a creative uh, being so I think it would be also good to talk about your individual artist um, practice what are the methods you work with formats your topics and uh, I think we can also from from this uh, we can also depart to your graduation project and what are you currently working on mm -hmm. so as a Latin American cultural producer as I call myself mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. for now it's the right <laughs> <laughs> name um, I am interested in power structures because yeah this is something that uh, affects my life, mm -hmm. decolonization, this, this kind of issues. And so in my thesis, I wrote about how Brazil may, may be becoming a um, theocratic democracy, mm -hmm. thanks to uh, Pentecostal religions and institutions that are taking over the political okay. environment of the country. Then I, I went there in, in my field trip because I have a character, um, mm. a man that is very religious and it's now being radicalized by fake news and other mm. magical ideas that we cannot fight with words, I think, only. We have to understand where these people come from to understand how to fight misinformation or fake news mm -hmm. or radicalization. So I am do I am now in the process of editing this documentary about how radicalization happened in Brazil and what was the role of religion in this process. Mm -hmm. So it may looks that it, it has nothing to do with design but it mm -hmm. has because how how um, religion is designed in a country mm -hmm. or in the political environment of a country is really important um, to understand where is this country now? W what's the position of this mm -hmm. um, country? And yeah, now I am in the process of editing this documentary. There is something that I haven't mentioned, but uh, there are two other classes that are really interesting. Mm -hmm in our program they are quite new they st they started uh, this uh, previous year which is um post photography and um documentary film mm -hmm. so it was really really important for me to have these classes they are optional mm -hmm. but i followed both and they were really important mainly the documentary film because we had this teacher she's a filmmaker in the field uh, a documentary filmmaker so it was really really nice to have her guidance in this process as well yeah. 
And about your graduation project, you already mentioned that it's a documentary film. So your character, it's not a fictional character. No. It's a person you found uh, in, it's in Brazil. It's actually my father. <laughs> it's actually your father. Yes. Okay. Which, it, in one hand, it's easier because we have intimacy, mm-hmm. right? We have affection for each other. But in the other hand, we are both in completely different um, political sides. Mm-hmm. So it was... And in the film, I will also focus on this struggle. How, how, how can I meet my father if we don't agree in mm-hmm. nothing about being in this world? Mm-hmm. So the, the documentary will will be this question: Where where do we meet? Mm-hmm. It's actually the title of the documentary. <laughs> okay, it sounds very interesting. I'm looking forward to see it during graduation. I was also thinking uh, because you have uh, you're working with a lens-based format. Um, you have a background in photography uh, and you are uh, creating, you're producing a documentary film for your final graduation uh, exhibition. And how about the other topics other classmates are working with? Um, if you could like, in a general, generally like draw this like landscape of the class, what are the other topics people work with, for instance? I think the program has some political questions very clear. So I would say that everybody somehow is working on a political issue. Mm -hmm. And I think techniques and languages are vary because I have a classmate that is working more towards performance, embodied research. I have another one that is working more towards technology and coding and, and... and how to build stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some colleagues that, with the input of the first year, are now doing a project about the topics that we saw in the first year, which is also nice mm-hmm. because it's it's like a long-term research. Nice. I have another colleague that is investigating like performative things, sound. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting because we we don't have like close projects, although mm-hmm. we are all trying to talk about living in this world yeah together and yeah it's very mm-hmm. nice to have this range of uh, languages together okay and how about expectations as uh, my question about if you had any particular image in your mind before you started studying at uh, kbk at non-linear narrative department how is it going to be if you're wondering yeah how my studies are going to look like and then you, you arrived, you're here, you're a master's student, and maybe something is different than you expected it to be. When I applied, I was looking forward to study because from my graduation, from, from my bachelor to now, I had a, a, a gap in mm-hmm. which I worked a lot professionally. And then I felt this uh, wish to study again, to write, to research. And then I thought, well, I don't want to study photography again because I, 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 I think I can learn more from other fields. Mm-hmm. So, and when I saw the, the title, nonlinear narrative, I thought, okay, <laughs> if I work with storytelling, maybe a nonlinear narrative, although I don't know what that means, <laughs> could be nice. And indeed, now I, I think I, I can understand when you are willing to make a project now i can i can ask the project 
Mm-hmm. What what te- what technique do you want to to use for this story, or what's what's the audience that you were willing to reach with the story? Now I I think I have the right questions to make for my future projects to understand mm-hmm. how to do it, how to make them. Mm-hmm. And I I think this was exactly what I was looking for. I was a bit afraid because I'm not a graphic designer and mm-hmm. of course we have a lot of graphic design things that pop up during the program but all all the teachers made me feel very comfortable with mm-hmm. my previous knowledge and what and with what I could learn here mm-hmm. so even if you are not from this field I think it's a very broad broad program in which you can learn a lot of things but always related to storytelling in my opinion yeah. which is something that i'm really interested it's like the main focus yeah i would say yeah i would say it's probably also not really a fictional um kind of a course in a way because of the journalism in the center would you would you say that or no i think it can be fictional okay. as well because even when we are working with fiction it's inspired somehow in something that we are struggling we are yeah living now so I wouldn't say that it's only non-fiction, although in the first year we will deal more with journalism or mm-hmm. scientific research, which is really interesting mm-hmm. because then you can open up your toolbox. But it's not only fiction. You, you. Oh, sorry. It's not only non-fiction. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was interested in this also to try to like you know draw the. Idea of uh, what is nonlinear narrative, but uh, I think I think you covered it really well, and uh, I think we are arriving to the last question um, in in conversation podcast, which is about studying in the Hague, um, because Royal Academy of Art is kind of known from its very international environment. We have a lot of students from all over the world. You are coming from uh, all over all of the way from Brazil, which is uh, far away. <laughs> so I was thinking um, if you have any, any thoughts on like studying in The Hague, living in The Hague, what is the landscape of the city, or if there are any like your favorite to-go places which you could recommend to a prospective students who are, you know, coming to study here. I, I love that The Hague is a city with a beach. I love the sea. I have a special relationship. So... I think it's nice that in in 20 minutes you can go to see the sea and think about your stuff while mm-hmm. listening to the waves. So I think the beach is a very special place here. The dunes mm-hmm. and I love the idea in Brazil we don't have that because of the geography of the country, but here you can do whatever you want by bike because it's a plain (laughs) country it's very flat yeah (laughs) very flat so it's nice and what i really like as well is that every time we have a nice sunny day people are outside in the parks we have a lot of parks here yeah and i like this 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 um this habit that people have that's they go outside when it's sunny and then they eat in a park. They mm-hmm. met their friends. And it's nice because we have a small park in front of the academy, which is also nice to catch up with your classmates after yeah. a long day of uh, learning process. <laughs> and 
I would only give a tip for international mm -hmm. students because it's a, as you said, it's a very international city with a lot of student is, is students from outside. So as soon as you got accepted, start uh, looking for a place to stay because it could um, take a while to find a nice place mm -hmm. to live here. There are a lot of people looking for a place. So just start as soon as possible. Yeah, it's it's uh, housing is a struggle yeah. in The Hague, but I think in general in the Netherlands, that's for sure. Do you think there is anything else which we should mention or we forgot to talk about, about uh, nonlinear narrative, department or like KBK, master program studying, do you think? Uh, I would say that um, if you are not interested on contemporary issues mm -hmm. and if you are not political inclined to make mm -hmm. um, your projects, maybe the master would not be fit you. But yeah. if you have um, this if you were willing to think about the world we are living in and how to make sense of it for mm -hmm. you and others, I think it's the right program to make, okay. to study. That sounds like okay. a good closure uh, <laughs> for our um, another In Conversation uh, podcast. Uh, I was talking to Talita today, second year master student in non-linear department, uh, graduating this year. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, great to to have you today and to hear about your projects and about uh, NLN department, how we how we kind of say it in the, in the KBK. So yeah, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. <laughs>